This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. This episode is brought to you by Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express Card. And we here on Savor are what you might call food explorers. It has been our actual job to go to cool places and eat, like, a lot of the food there. And then talk about it. And then talk about it into these microphones, which is a crazy dream job. Yes. Well, if you're like us and willing to travel to seek out new foods to try, you go with the Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card. It's for people like us who are in search of the next food adventure. If you travel, you know. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Hello and welcome to Savor, production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we have an episode for you about Star Anis. Yes. Uh, and we believe that's the pronunciation. Yeah, Star uh, Anise, maybe. I don't know. But since Anis, other Anis, is pronounced <laughs> Anis, then we're just going to go with that. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Sure. But correct as if we're incorrect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this one was a it was a bit difficult in terms of the research, but it was a fun one. Um, did you have any particular reason what was on your mind? Um, I think that I, I've been wanting to do Five Spice for a long yeah. time, and that was on my mind. And then I was like, No, not today. Too much. Too yeah. much. Too much. Um, mm. and then I arrived at one of the frequent ingredients, star anise. Yes, uh, which I have not used in my personal. Oh, really? No. I mean, oh, I've heck. used like Five Spice and I've uh -huh. used Garam Masala, but I haven't used Star Anise oh, yeah. by oh. itself. I mean, I've got like a your Decab Farmer's Market tub of it in my kitchen. Like I've definitely used it in mulled wine kind of applications. Oh, nice. I think I've ground it for, for spice blends. Yeah. Yeah. So Ooh. nice. So nice. All right. Well, another thing for the meal for our <laughs> huge, huge banquet we're going to have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, well, yes, you can see our anise episode. Mm -hmm. uh, also pho, because it's a big ingredient in that. Mm -hmm. um, Szechuan pepper, cinnamon, cloves, masala chai, fennel, licorice. It like pops up in a lot of other it does. stories. Sure. Mm -hmm. Um a lot of other delicious, delicious stories. <laughs> it does indeed. <laughs> and it's beautiful. Like, it looks like something you'd see in a video game, like you'd collect. Right? Oh, gosh, mm -hmm. it does. Oh, I didn't use that in my description, but that's a good one. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, 
<laughs> I suppose that brings us to our question. It does. <laughs> Star Anise. What is it? Well, uh, star anise is a type of small, star-shaped seed pod that is dried and used as a spice, whole or ground. It has a really lovely, like, like warm and spicy flavor that involves uh, sort of like, like, a, like a bouquet of, of licorice and clove and mint and woods with, with a little bit of sweetness, too. It's used uh, whole to flavor soups and stews and drinks, um, though you wouldn't want to eat it whole. It's sort of bark-like in texture. Um, or it can be ground um, and used in all kinds of sweet and savory dishes and drinks. It's um, it's like a more round and soft flavored version of anise because um, anise can be a little bit bitter and almost piquant sort of. Um, it's, it's like, it's like if a it's like if a star in, in a stained glass window or like a marble carving just popped out and was just so bright and warm and nice tasting. Um, it's like it's like a whole season's worth of of warm nights condensed into a little star. Oh, you should have a book of poetry, Lauren, and it's just describing foods in this manner because it's beautiful. <laughs> That sounds Pub so lovely. Publishers, get in touch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you better. <laughs> oh, heck. Save a cookbook. We, Ben Bolin keeps saying we should do it. Maybe we should. I don't know. Yeah. I keep mm. saying I'm not a cook. I <laughs> no one would wants be my like recipes. Me, like, do you have ravioli <laughs> and hot sauce? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Which could be good. I don't know. Sure, sure. I give it like a nerd name. Yeah. Oh, sure. Right. Right. Totally. Of course. Yeah. All my recipes would just be stews that I've substituted in carrots and celery and tomatillos yeah. for onions and garlic and bell peppers. So there might be a market for that, actually. Hey. You might I mean, be. maybe. Maybe we're onto something. Mm -hmm. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, uh, star anise is is right. Unrelated to anise. Um, it got its name because it has a sort of similar flavor profile and the seed pod is a star shape. Um, a star anise is actually the whole fruit of an evergreen, a tropical to subtropical shrub or tree. Uh, it's related to uh, like magnolia and bay. Um, if you're familiar with magnolia, the plant does look a lot like a slightly smaller version of that with these uh, broad, glossy green leaves. It, it'll bear sort of spindly looking little starburst shaped flowers and white to yellow to pink to crimson, which if pollinated will, will develop this kind of bulbous sort of video gamey uh, star shaped fruit that may be green to reddish in color. Uh, the fruit is harvested and dried, resulting in a sort of shriveled brown to reddish pod up to about an inch or three centimeters across with six to eight arms, each of which will sort of pinch on the bottom and then open on the top um, to, to reveal a single smooth oblong seed. Uh, if you allowed the fruit to fully ripen and begin to dry on the tree, the seeds would actually, or the, 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 the pods would actually burst open and propel the seed outward. Love this. Well, sounds kind of menacing to me. Very cool. <laughs> Cool and menacing. I've I don't, seen I don't, Alien one too many times. I It's a little bit alien-y, but I don't think it's quite as menacing as that. Okay. I think there's right. a spectrum of menacing, and this is towards the mildly <laughs> menacing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
(laughs) (laughs) Although, speaking of menace, uh, I will note here that the edible species of star anise is um, a botanical name, Elysium verum sometimes called Chinese star anise, there are other species in the genus that are toxic when eaten, including uh, the botanical name Elysium anisatum. Yeah, anisatum, that sounds right. Um, Sometimes called Japanese star anise. Um, That one has been used in incense, but yeah, don't don't eat ones that are not Elysium verum. No. No. Don't do it. Don't do it. One of the few times I'll tell you not to do something is when it's actually toxic. Um... The whole dried pod of the edible kind of star anise can be simmered in whatever you're simmering um, or, yes, ground and incorporated into recipes that way. Its oil content can also be extracted and sold for use, though that's mostly like a commercial product and not used directly by consumers that often. I think that in general, European cuisines mostly use star anise in sweeter applications, like to flavor baked goods um, and alcoholic beverages like Galliano and some gins, maybe in mulled wine or like a flavored coffee kind of situation. Uh, Asian cuisines tend to lean more towards savory, perhaps. Um, it is one of the ingredients in Five Spice. Uh, it shows up in soups like pho, all kinds of other poaching and braising liquids, um, and in various South Asian spice blends, aka masalas. But right, it's also in chai masala and candies and baked goods. And it is furthermore a super popular like flavor or, or scent in personal care products like toothpaste and lotion. Mm-hmm. I feel like I need to find some of this for you, Annie, because you shouldn't really have mint, and this sounds delightful. I agree. I, no, <laughs> no fighting from me. I'm, I'm totally into it. <laughs> I, I did love reading from people who loved the scent of it. They would specifically talk about kind of the scent. Yeah. Um, there, there are big fans of star anise. I'll say. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. Although, additionally, one of the chemical compounds that it contains is um, shikimic acid, which is a chemical precursor to one of the active ingredients in Tamiflu, which is that medication that's meant to like lessen the symptoms and length of influenza infections. Um, extracts of star anise have been used for that. So, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. It's been used for all kinds of things. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of, <laughs> what about the nutrition? You are generally not consuming enough to make any kind of nutritive difference. Um, but, yeah, other compounds in star anise are being investigated for various medical potentials. You know, like like cook with it if you enjoy it, but like savor motto, like like bodies are complicated, more researchers necessary before consuming a medicinal amount of anything. Um, consult with a medical professional who is not us. Um, but yeah, it's really cool. Oh man. Like I, like I saw all kinds of research that I was like, Lauren, no. Um, <laughs> but I saw things uh, for, for everything, like, like using it as a, as a pest control, not necessarily like to kill the pests, but to ward them off kind of, um, <laughs> all the way up to interrupting bacterial, uh, bacterial colonies, um, that are participating in like bacterial quorum sensing or biofilm creation. So not necessarily like killing the bacteria, but just preventing them from working together effectively. So I'm like, what? That's so great. <laughs> that is cool. Ah! 
That was cool. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on with Star Anis. Um, <laughs> well, we have some numbers for you, kind of. We have like one and a half numbers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, the first one is China is the largest producer. Uh-huh. Uh, Vietnam comes in a pretty d- distant second, uh, but still together they produce about 90% of the world's supply, which is about 25,000 tons a year uh, j- just there. So a little bit over that. I didn't do the math and I'm too lazy to think through it right now. Um, but a little bit more than that is <laughs> the global production. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that makes sense, uh, given the history. It does. It does. Yes. Which we will get into after a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. This episode is brought to you by Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express Card. And we are what you might call food explorers. We are so lucky that a part of our job involves traveling and trying a lot of the food where we go to travel and then coming back here and telling all of you good listeners about it. And through that, we have discovered some amazing dishes. Sure, yes. Like, I had never understood what poke really could be, and it is delightful. It is stunningly good. hmm yeah which we had a lot of on our trip to Hawaii. Uh, Another thing from their passion fruit, I now look for in literally every menu that I read. I'm like, yep, that one has passion fruit. Going for it. And then all of the moles, and especially the green mole that you heard us talk about recently that we had in Las Vegas. In Vegas, yeah. Oh, or just steak basements. Who doesn't love a steak basement? Exactly. Well, um, if you are like us and you're willing to travel to seek out new foods to try, you go with the Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card. It's for people who, like us, are in search of the next food adventure. If you travel, you know. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. Um, so, okay, star anise is fairly old. Um, it is a type of basal angiosperm, meaning that it is a plant that diverged from other flowering plants, like, pretty early on. So, so it's also botanically interesting because it has characteristics of a lot of very different plants that developed afterward. Um, and researchers think that pungent oils in plants like these developed some 150 million years ago or so. Which is a number that makes total sense to me. I know how to comprehend that. (laughs) For a minute, I was like, really? Nope. Zero. (laughs) That was sarcasm. Mm -hmm. Sometimes sarcasm. You're really good at it, my guy. (laughs) 
It's because my sarcasm voice sounds very much like my regular voice. <laughs> well, it's a skill. Mark it off as a skill. <laughs> um, skipping way ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, star anise grows natively in Southeast Asia, China, and Vietnam specifically, mm-hmm. where it has been used culinarily and medicinally for over 3,000 years. And people used it as a curative for all kinds of things, particularly like cold and the symptoms associated with cold and just general pain. Yeah, yeah. In traditional Chinese medicine, it's considered a a warming agent. So, yeah. Right. Uh, And the tree was prized in some cultures. Um, I read that it was often planted near tombs and temples in Japan, Hmm. uh, for instance, uh, where it was also used medicinally. That's kind of a common thread throughout this. I also read in some places that in uh, Chinese culture, finding an eight-point pod oh, uh-huh. of star anise was uh, viewed as lucky. Okay. I would love if someone could write in to confirm that. Yeah. Um, in some places, I even read that it was so highly valued, it was used to pay off war reparations in China in 970 CE. Uh, so it was it was prized. Yeah. It was loved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Uh, It spread along trade routes to the rest of Asia, uh, to the Middle East, where it eventually wound up in all kinds of dishes and spice mixes, um, like curries, soups, teas, rice dishes, drinks, all kinds of things. Sometimes even as a substitute for anise, um, especially in commercial drinks. Hmm. That kind of happened a little bit later, but yeah. Uh, Okay, separate episode. Um, (laughs) But... Garam masala is believed to have originated in northern India in the 13th century. Meanwhile, Chinese five spice. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Um, (laughs) I read it could go as far back as the 4th century BCE in southern China, which is another separate episode. But like from the brief perusal that I did, fascinating. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Just just little little tidbit from that. It's not called five spice because it contains literally five spices. It's called that uh, because it is 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 balancing five elements of of flavor. Um, right. So yeah. So it goes. I think stuff to blow your mind did an episode on it back in the day. Um, fascinating history. Okay, but but anyway, uh, to continue. Yes. Yes. Um, When star anise was introduced to Europe in the 16th or 17th century, I saw a couple dates, um, it was added to a wide variety of items, uh, especially baked goods, uh, jams, liqueurs. Uh, Europeans did use it medicinally as well for things like colic and babies. That was one of the big ones. Mm -hmm. Um, Stomach inflammation as a sedative, as an analgesic. Uh, The list goes on and on and on. Um, And then it traveled along tea routes through... Russia, to get to Russia, hmm. uh, where it was allegedly added to tea on the Tsar's court. Okay. All right. It sounds like it's a great ingredient in tea. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There is a popular story that I could not verify, but huh. popularly told that Englishman Sir Thomas Cavendish introduced... Of, of banana fame. Uh-huh. <laughs> of banana fame. Introduced this spice uh, from the Philippines to Europe in 1588 ish the date varies Mm -hmm. and because of this that's where many europeans believed that star anise came they thought it came from the philippines yeah i read that a lot too but i didn't look into it to be honest so if you if you say that you couldn't find evidence then yeah 
I couldn't find it more than like fun fact, you know, right. kind of those right, sure. things. Um, but anyway, um, beginning in the 1800s, French colonizers in Vietnam, aware growing star anise, was essential to the livelihood of so many. And yes, this is one of the reasons why it ended up in pho. Um, they started exporting star anise oil, uh, while China exported their own oil out of Hong Kong. Hmm. So this was kind of a big, a big thing at the time. Jumping ahead to the early 2000s, the demand for star anise exploded when pharmaceutical giant Roche started buying up like 90% of the global yield of star anise in order to produce Tamiflu. Um, however, that boom lasted less than a decade before Roche developed this um, this genetically modified bacterial culture that could produce um, shikimic acid at like scale, um, cheaply in in labs without needing to buy and process this barky, weird star shaped thing, um, which I guess was great for Roche, but um, but really caused some turmoil in especially some of the far small farming communities in Vietnam that were producing it. Mm-hmm. It is fascinating though uh, that it was used. Yeah. For that. Yeah. Um, and then because I did struggle to find a lot of information on this one, or at least I didn't find as much as I wanted to. Mm-hmm. One thing that kept popping up was like, you've seen it in your holiday punches, um, <laughs> huh. which is true. You see it as kind of I have seen it as kind oh, sure. of a d- decor and holiday punches. Mm-hmm. So I looked into that. Um, and from what I can tell recipes for these punch bowls that had star anise as kind of a, a decor item plus a flavoring item but kind of more for decor uh started popping up in google in the mid 2010s like 2015 okay onward. um not to say they weren't being made before then but uh, that's when most huh. of the recipes i found were then word on i i feel like that was sort of the um the resurgence of the punch bowl um, yeah, you know, yeah, kind of yeah, going yeah. back to the to the vintage um, mid century sort of punch bowl, but yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. It, it, I mean, that was a part of a lot of articles I found too. That was like, hey, Americans, uh, if you don't know what this is, you can use it for more <laughs> than this. It's for all these other things. It's not as just well. a decoration. It tastes good. You could yeah. use it for that. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> So, uh, like I said, I had trouble kind of finding as I didn't find as much as I wanted to for this one. So, listeners, if you have any information, uh, would love to hear from you. Yeah. As always. Uh, but I think that's what we have to say about this for now. Yes. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. This episode is brought to you by Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express Card. 
And we are what you might call food explorers. We are so lucky that a part of our job involves traveling and trying a lot of the food where we go to travel and then coming back here and telling all of you good listeners about it. And through that, we have discovered some amazing dishes. Sure, yes. Like, I had never understood what poke really could be, and it is delightful. It is stunningly good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which we had a lot of on our trip to Hawaii. Uh, Another thing from their passion fruit, I now look for in literally every menu that I read. I'm like, yep, that one has passion fruit. Going for it. And then all of the moles, and especially the green mole that you heard us talk about recently that we had in Las Vegas. In Vegas, yeah. Oh, or just steak basements. Who doesn't love a steak basement? Exactly. (laughs) Well, um, if you are like us and you're willing to travel to seek out new foods to try, you go with the Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card. It's for people who, like us, are in search of the next food adventure. If you travel, you know. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I think it is. Uh, We do have some listener mail for you, though, and we are going to get into that as soon as we get back from a quick break for a word from our sponsors. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with the snowman. Shooting star. Oh, hey. The shooting star. Um, <laughs> Jan wrote, Thanks so much for the coleslaw episode. My family, being Hungarian, basically inhaled the stuff. Mm-hmm. Having German grandparents from the Midwest on my father's side, we also ate lima beans often. Well, my mother, bless her heart, in the Southern way, she's not a great cook, <laughs> thought of mixing the two together. Mm. We'd humor her if the result was okay. And this one was. So here goes. Any vinegar-based coleslaw recipe can be escalated to heaven by simmering frozen lima beans in the dressing prior to pouring the dressing over the coleslaw and refrigerating. So make the coleslaw as per normal, except add frozen lima beans to the vinegar-based dressing while simmering. Then pour the entire thing with beans over the coleslaw. Toss, refrigerate, enjoy 24 hours later. One stipulation. The coleslaw must have purple (laughs) onions for this to work. And not just with lima beans, but with any vinegar-based recipe. I'm not polite like Lauren is. I'll tell you how to do it the right way. This is my favorite savor episode hack so far. What other savor episodes have you thought of hacking together? Oh. Oh, that's a good question. Right? Huh. Ooh, I'll have to think about it. I I do. First of all, I want to try this. Um, It sounds very, very good to me. Mm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of the hacks that I've come up with have been listener suggestions. Oh, Uh, sure. I haven't come up with them, honestly. (laughs) Right. um, I've been making that fancy ravioli where I kind of add um, basil, basil uh, to Ah. it. 
Um, and that's kind of a hack that I love. But mostly it's been kind of pandemic based and whatever suggestions you all send huh. in, uh-huh. whatever is like in my <laughs> whatever I have <laughs> in my pantry, in my refrigerator, I will try it. I, I'm like a mad scientist nowadays. <laughs> Let's yeah. See. <laughs> well, right. Like, well, I've got this. Let's see if it works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, I can't think of anything from prior episodes. I would have to, l- like we say all the time, I have no idea what episodes we've done. Um, but uh, I guess, I guess my favorite, like slightly, like huh pairing, um, is for like a really simple lunch. I love just heating up some some plain rice and then topping it with like half an avocado. Um, and topping mm. that with furikake. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That so good. good. So mm-hmm. good. Um, mm-hmm. And we have done, an, we, we did an episode on furikake, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Not on avocado yet because avocado is complicated. It's going to be a whole thing. And it's going to be a whole heckin' thing. Like the mafia yeah. ties alone. Alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or I guess mob, no I should joke. say, not mafia specifically. But anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I do love I do love those things where it's kind of like you know what what do I have? Let's put it together and see what happens. Yeah, uh, I've done that a lot with ramen. Oh sure. Um, yeah, th- plenty of things where you're just like, well, let's see it. <laughs> let's try it. I don't know. Oh <laughs> uh, yay, uh, Eric or Arik. They still have not given us a pronunciation. Uh, wrote, still working on catching up, uh, but I'm up to June of last year, so hopefully soon. Anyway, threw some notes down that may have already been covered in what I haven't heard yet, but dropping them in anyway. Soda tastings. Hit Grandpa Joe's here in Pittsburgh, uh, and they have opened a bunch more. A strip district was the original. Uh, 250 plus different sodas. In addition to all kinds of candy. Um, someone mentioned a shop out in California, but it looks like Grandpa Joe's has opened a store in Florida as well. This is a store where I always have to go in with a preset limit or I will just go overboard. Uh, Verner's. I loved it until they had to make a change back in 1991. It was originally sweetened with stevia until the FDA banned it, uh, heckin' sugar companies. Big sugar always feels threatened until they can find a way into the game. All things coffee. Uh, would love a general revisit on coffee, especially if you can set up to talk to uh, James Hoffman. He's an absolute wealth of knowledge and also tends to just get geeky and nerd out on coffee stuff, so it would fit right in. What I love about James is that his goal is to just try and get you the best cup of coffee. He knows everyone has different tastes, and he's just trying to lead you in a direction that can help make it better. Cast Iron. I love my cast iron stuff. It is always interesting to see what people recommend on taking care of it. I think it really comes down to reading everything out there and making a decision that fits your needs. They are durable, and I would put it at a mix of low and high maintenance. I think the real key is being consistent in using and maintaining. Don't ever let it soak in water, always dry, etc. Um, lima beans. Yes, I finally broke down and got some. Cool. Lima lima bean connection. Okay, uh, continuing. (laughs) They had frozen baby lima beans at the store. Was making a shrimp boil and figured that would be a good way to test. Based on your recommendation, I threw them in so that they would be about a minute or so less than the time recommended. Combined with everything else, they were enjoyable. Not bitter. Nice bite to them. Thank you on that. 
Induction. Uh, considering I'm still behind, you may have covered this already, but the one listener mail mentioned that the cast iron was heating much faster than on the old gas. That is expected from what I read uh, due to efficiency. One article I read showed gas cooktops are about 40% efficient. Uh, electric coil and standard smooth top electric cooktops are about 74% efficient, and induction cooktops are 90% efficient. Uh, when we have to replace our current electric, I do want to go induction. All of our pots and pans will work, so I don't have to worry about that. If I ever get back down to Atlanta, I'd love to buy you and your crew a coffee or a beer. Yeast poop! The same applies if you get to Pittsburgh. Uh, we can hit a shop in the Strip District for both. Keep up the enjoyable podcast. I love the puns and the general zaniness. The D&D stuff is fun. I haven't played in almost 35 years. Yes, 34, 35. I was an 80s first edition player back in the day. So that and my gray hair reveal a little bit. Aw, that's cool, though. <laughs> oh, that is so cool. Yeah, yes. yeah. Oh, also, happy. thanks for zaniness. That makes me feel like an animaniac. I like Ooh, it. Ooh, we are a little mm -hmm. bit zany, I would say. We are. Sure. Oh, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm glad you enjoyed your lima bean dish. Yeah. I was like embarrassingly worried about it. I really oh, wanted no. to, I wanted it to work out for you. Yeah. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We just want people to love things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, gosh, 250 different kinds of sodas? Yeah, that's overwhelming. I'm into it, but overwhelmed by it. Yeah, yeah. I would need to take that and like, I think it would be one of the places where I would be like, okay, I can look at this shelf today and I'll have to come back for the rest of the store. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I can see that where we just spend a whole day <laughs> on one shelf talking about I think we could work it out, but it yeah. would be a multi-day event. It would. Event. It would. Yes. Oh, man. I would be on such a sugar high. It would be terrifying. Oh. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, but speaking of, you do know we love we love coffee around here. So oh, yeah. the coffee revisit, certainly within the realm of possibility. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, and there's so much more to talk about, right? I mean, like, you know, like we talked about a lot, but um, mm -hmm. just all of the all of the different preparations and um and flavors that you can get out of it are so fascinating yes yes it's yes i also love when people have these specific like i liked it until they changed it at this date right i love that that's so good <laughs> <laughs> and thanks for the induction cast iron notes that's always been fun and for the invite if we ever get to pittsburgh we got we gotta we gotta plan a whole like road trip yeah at this point multi-country tour oh i'm into it <laughs> it's gonna be a lot but i'm into it i'm yes. into it yes 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 <laughs> well uh thank you so much to both of these listeners for writing in if you would like to write to us you can our email is hello at saberpod.com and we are also on social media you can find us on uh twitter facebook or instagram at saberpod and we do hope to hear from you Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. 
salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.